From Noble Robot on East Hennepin Avenue in Hasty, Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk games and game development. I'm Ellen Burns Johnson, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. For this week's episode, our topics are finding help fast and companions. And so, if everyone's ready, any minute now, <laughs> let's start. <laughs> That got me. You were quite hasty with that intro. (laughs) Steven gets it, everyone. Steven gets it. (laughs) I put the adjective in, so I definitely get it. Uh (laughs) Okay, let's let's barrel through this one. Yep. Uh, Ellen, you found a horse game? I found another horse game. Another horse game? Another horse game. Another horse game. It's a little mobile game. It's not little. It's a quite big mobile game Mm -hmm. um, called Rival Stars Horse Racing. Mm -hmm. It's made by Pickpock. Don't laugh. Why are you laughing? It's because you're very charming. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, it's made by Pickpock, and you can race. You make horses, and they race, and you ride them, and you can jump them over jumps. Mm-hmm. And then you they have some of the funniest names, like <laughs> auto-generated horse names. Horse names are already pretty silly. Yeah. And then, yeah. but the the horse names in this game are just like oh, next and this level. is like horse racing. Yeah. And those names are like silly over, you know, a century of. You know, a drunken gamblers <laughs> trying to be clever, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> come up with these weird half sentence. Yeah. Oh okay. And these are like next level. I should. Yeah. I'll put a. I'll put a couple screenshots into the um into the the show notes. So we can put them on the website. Um, but like it's it's like random things together. So you'll get like rats burrito or like mm-hmm. s- equilibrium star or you know it's stuff that it's just really really weird just absolutely that's i would i would like to see like whatever governing body of race horsing whatever corrupt organization (laughs) manages that nonsense uh okay my feelings are getting out out about it but (laughs) okay uh, Okay. yeah i would like to see their rules on naming because at some point some guy in 1973 mm-hmm. was like, I'm going to name my horse the winner of the race. They can't stop me <laughs> yeah. because they have like you know, follow that bird or whatever. Like, yeah, I'm, it's hilarious. Uh, and then like it, it, everyone laughed and ha. Uh, but then someone was like, OK, we're we, we all wear bow ties here. Like we're supposed to be like take ourselves seriously right, even right, when, yeah. as we have fun. <laughs> and so there's got to be. A, a set of rules. Sometimes I'm, I'm desperate to see this dumb handbook. From, <laughs> okay, more from these okay. miserable. <laughs> Scrap the episode. Idiots. Scrap the episode. <laughs> you said miserable idiots. <laughs> that is actually a horse name. <laughs> of course it is. I don't think it is. Uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Sorry, horse racing and animal cruelty. That's that's my that's my position. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so these are not real horses, right? No, no, no. Horse racing video games is a good old time. Yeah, it's a perfect use for video games. And, you know, like... And it exposes people to how dumb it is, and then they'll learn never to do it in real life. No, I'll just get hooked on doing it in digital life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's better. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, like, you feed the horses, and you breed horses of different colors, and Mm -hmm. sometimes they're faster than the other horses. And so you're, like, raising horses to get resources to buy the stuff you need to make horses that are even faster so you can win more races and get more you know it's the loop and the loop got me and part of the loop is coming up with fun names like i made a horse named bad wave it was pretty good Mm. it's a good it's a good name and then that horse had kids and so they all have bad in the name Uh like brad well bad burrito is going to be one yeah for sure and like i think (laughs) <laughs> I can get, I can list out some of the horse. Whatever. I'm having a lot of fun with this game, and it's nice. It's just like I've been really, really super, super busy mm-hmm. lately, and um, so it's nice because like it does, 
it does break down into small slices. Yeah. I can spend like a half an hour on a game, like a play session, or I can spend like two minutes and feel like I've made progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really, I kind of appreciate that um, in a way that I don't always, it's not always the kind of experience I'm seeking out. Mm-hmm. If I have, if I have like a game I want to play and I'm really excited for it, it's usually like a sit down and play it for a few hours game. Right. You know, like a cocoon in your if you're if you're yeah. a polar bear blanket and you know play for <laughs> play for five hours and mm-hmm. like then emerge from your cocoon a different person mm-hmm. um here it's like go bad wave summer break you didn't do very well <laughs> you gotta go back to training oh no i don't have enough of the right green to train my horse anyway so yeah it's it's been fun it's been a nice little diversion from all this stuff I would like to see you in the role of like high school football coach, but with that attitude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's like the Ted Lasso spinoff I'd watch. Yeah. Is Ellen just being like, you guys shape up already. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. I believe in you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, I did. I did inflict myself as a drama coach for one season onto some high schoolers once yeah oh okay episode halted how did that go <laughs> yeah poorly those yeah? poor kids oh, no. i didn't know what i was doing it was oh. like it was like you know this is like a small school district and they yeah. just needed people to do things and i was they were like you're an english teacher do drama i'm yeah. like i took a drama class in high school like i was a linguistic nerd not a drama nerd yeah like i read shakespeare and i like shakespeare but like i did not i did not act i did not do the stagecraft. I did not work in the shop to like, I don't know how to do props. And it definitely yeah. showed those poor kids. Um, well, okay, yeah. real quick. And this is a lesson for listeners at home. Yeah. Is they needed someone to do it. And if you hadn't done it, those kids have been worse off. No, actually, because. It, <laughs> oh, okay. No, well, never mind. Sorry. I thought this was going to get heartwarming, but no. 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 What you shouldn't do well, is tell your first year teachers to also do extracurriculars because yeah. they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And they will say yes to anything because it was 2000. 10 and i just needed a job right i don't know i took a c plus plus course in middle school mm-hmm. and the gym teacher taught it and like not like a burn on gym teachers but he was not good at this sure yeah and like i i'm i was better off having taken that bad course in middle yeah, school okay but sure. you didn't see our one act playing mark. <laughs> mark the best thing i did for those kids is i took them out for chinese takeout after the competition yeah i bet they have fond memories i hope so it was good takeout <laughs> I mean, it wasn't we actually ate it. we at the Chinese restaurant mm-hmm. but like literally uh, like i was like okay we gotta have a we got i tried to do it we gotta have a small play yep. with minimal props and so yep. we chose this really abstract thing and we made boxes into props and then yeah. i learned the difference between like water-based and oil-based paints don't use the oil-based <laughs> paints i was there for days on end in yeah. the evening trying to scrub out paint <sighs> anyway okay yeah, no, we didn't do very well. And then I was like, okay, principal, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. You have to find someone else. Lo, someone else came forth. And they had drama and theater experience. And they had props at the next play. Uh-huh. And people had remembered their lines. And there was like acting happening. Mm-hmm. So the there is like a tie-in to the, you know, the topic of the episode, actually. But like yeah. sometimes you need people who know what they're doing, mm-hmm. not just a warm body. <laughs> and kids deserve people who know what they're doing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm sorry. Well, it's good they recognize that. You know what I mean? Like you kept the ball in the air, but like they like, learned quick enough that well, no, that I wasn't going to. Told them I wasn't going to do it, and <laughs> and and then they, I'm like, you have to if you want. There's this. no positive spin, Mark. I'm doing my best. <laughs> I know here. you're trying. <laughs> I mean, maybe, and I I washed my hands of it. I was like, this yeah. was I did a bad job. You need someone who knows what they're doing. I'm uh, out. Now, if you're a high school drama teacher and you're yeah. looking for something with minimal props and something you do. Adapt the Twilight Zone episode. That's that's my hit. That's my that's my life tip. Mark, 
Who's going to do the adapting? Just use the script. That's how much she knows I about drama. I, could, I <laughs> wish I could go back in time. They're all, they're all one act plays. Okay. Effectively, yeah. yeah. I guess that's true. <laughs> Sorry, kids. No, you know you're interested in one act play. But there's literally like two roles in this episode of Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah, it's two speaking going parts. On, yeah. You can be a tree. You can be a tree. You can be a tree. I don't know. Do we need props? Like, it didn't even occur to me that we could have people who only did props. Yeah. I was like, okay, no, the people who do the play should also do the props. That's not a thing. People just do the props full time. And it like blew my mind when I thought about it later. I'm like, oh my gosh, this could have been much bigger. And I could have had people just making props. And people who would have known the difference between water-based paint <laughs> and oil-based paint because some of these kids know that stuff. And I was just too overwhelmed and too naive and too yeah. inexperienced. And no, and that's why... I, I love every part of this story. Yeah, that's... Just... As much as I us. wish it was something else, I'm really I'm getting a lot out of this. Yeah, well, I hope those kids have had great. Those kids have gone on to since you graduate high school and become adults, and yep. now I just feel old. Yep. If old you have been injured by taking Ellen's uh, introductory course, <laughs> nice. we set up a restitution fund. You can contact us. Nice game. Nice <laughs> <feedback. laughs> Okay. okay uh, no, I bought you Chinese food. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, was, it was worth it. It was worth it. All right. I'm gonna move <laughs> on. to hear about prom. <laughs> next, next prom episode. rhymes with glom. Aha. Glom. He's it's, doing his best I, over there. Good job, I am. Stephen. Good job, Stephen. We needed to move on. Yeah, yep. <laughs> okay. Glom is out now. We have the box. We should have brought the box here. We have proof. There's a box of. There's a box over there. I know it's outside. Listeners, trust Just us. In the the, there's a box it's a near real, us. Right actual now. box. The box is like big though. Yeah. It's a. It's a. It's like a proper. Yeah. Comes with stuff. Uh-huh. It's got pencils. Uh-huh. It's got paper. Blom, it's got the, it's got, the dip. Branded, it's got the three-minute timer. Blom, it's got the three-minute timer. Branded paper. Blom yeah. branded paper. Good point. Good point. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of... I, I just am surprised at how big the box is. I know they said that they were going to put more stuff in the box than we had initially yeah. anticipated them doing, mm-hmm. and but I'm just surprised by the size of it. It just makes it feel more important. Well, I it's... I mean, we've talked about this on the show before. Yeah. But... So many of these little things make things real in your mind yeah. mm-hmm. in a way that's kind of silly because like you put a game out on itch. It's a real game in the world. Yeah. Like you have every right to like crow about it and mm-hmm. to like there's no it's not less than. Yeah. But when someone manufactures a box with the name of your game yeah. and the the slogan you came up with for it mm-hmm. and it's a kind of a big box. Yeah. <laughs> and it's got pencils and paper in yeah. it. Yeah. Like, there's something emotionally satisfying about, right. like, oh, it's real. It says Nice Games Club on the front. It does. It says Nice Games Club on the back. It says our names on the back. Mm-hmm. Heck. Including Dale's name. Um, it's got a whole rule book that Ellen yeah. and I wrote. Yes. It has a whole paragraph in there that Ellen wrote out of old-timey words that people get a kick out of. <laughs> people do like that one. I was, that was delightful to see. Yeah. <laughs> people reading it and finding it funny. Yeah. yeah. They enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah. So if you'd like to know what all the fuss is about, I'm, I'm pivoting into an ad very seamlessly. There we here. go. Yeah. NiceGames.club slash Glom is mm-hmm. where you can see more about the game. You can see a little introductory video. You can watch us play it. We have a little video on that. Um, and then you got links to buy the thing. If you have not heard us talk about it enough. Yeah. Um, and you're also convinced. NiceGames.club slash Glom. Yes. Glom. That's obligated every time we talk about Glom in an app. I'm pretty sure I said that the first time. You said it every time. The, okay. fir- the first time, no, I said the first time I did it, that it was going to happen every time. Oh. I've heard it a lot. That's all I can say. <laughs> okay. All right. Topic? <sighs> okay. 
No topic? No, I have a topic. All right. It just started with that sound. Did you just change your mind? Like- <laughs> no, no, that was the starting sound of my topic. It okay. was a big sigh. All right, oh. sure. I wrote in the notes more of a scream. Yes, yeah, here it's written down in all caps, so I yeah. thought maybe you were, <laughs> you'd call an audible. I didn't, I, <laughs> I did in regard to that specific bullet point mm-hmm. because <laughs> we've already clipped enough. <laughs> I imagine, yeah, <laughs> I imagine a guttural scream probably isn't great. You for know, podcasts. we put the episode topics in the title of the episode. We say it in the intro. Yep. But I think this is probably the most mysterious we've been about one. Yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about? Right. Ellen? What is this? There's so much stuff. There's so much stuff to do. Uh huh. So much stuff to do. Yeah. Okay. So a little bit of background. Um, I'm a lead game designer at a company. Company was acquired by another company. So technically, I'm the lead game designer at the company, but also within a division. And anyway. Big company, things moving around, and it's like really complicated, and we're trying to figure out how to get stuff done while we're not sure where everybody is. And so there's lots of complicated factors and things going into like staffing projects. And I'm usually not super, or at least, you know, I don't know what usually is. The role is changing and evolving along with the organization, right? But like in the past, I haven't been very close to staffing on projects. Right. You're Um, You're not a hired producer. Right, I'm not a producer. Mm-hmm. People tell me I have producery traps. I don't <laughs> see the previous spiel about the one act play. <laughs> um, but like, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I like working with people. I like working with people who are good at stuff and have good brains. Sometimes you can tell that right away, and sometimes you can't. We're kind of running into this. It's becoming an immediate problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think another part of the issue is like. One part of the organization historically has been a lot more like very traditional learning experience design mm-hmm. um, or e-learning design. And then the division that I'm part of has done game design. And sometimes those games have been learning games. Sometimes they've been more edgy marketing. They've got a platform and so on and so forth. But like when the organization is coming together and all these different divisions are figuring out how to become like one cohesive whole, sometimes projects are coming in the door that have parts over here and parts over here that would be best handled by something else. Yeah. And it's like, okay, how did we get that put together? And then we have to get this project done before we have the ability to figure out how we bring these parts together. So I'm looking at some the possibility that I'm going to have more game design work on my plate than I can realistically do by myself. And I... (laughs) I know I've talked about this before, but you guys both know I'm not great at saying no to things. <laughs> and you, I say, feel like I say no to things a lot, but that's because I'm saying yes to pretty much to so many other things. Mm. Anyway, um, and like it's so easy and it's because if the work is really interesting, it's just easy to keep going and keep going sure. and keep going. Yeah. Plus, this is a new role in the organization. Um, they didn't hire me to replace someone. They had been relying on uh, external contractors to do a lot of their game design work just because they just didn't have the volume. But as part of becoming part of this larger organization, they wanted to hire someone full-time. So the role, the full-time role was created, and then I filled it, right? So I'm not picking up anything from anyone else okay. in the past. And so a lot of it's just kind of like figuring things out the first time for what mm-hmm. this looks like here. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. That's really exciting. But now I'm thinking, okay, I have this new problem I've never had to really solve before, which is how do I find people to help? Mm-hmm. And and these aren't like huge projects. These aren't like AAA projects that go on for a few years. These are sometimes really sh- small projects that go on for a few weeks. Yeah. And yeah. where do we f- like where can- and and to be fair, like sometimes the games are not terribly complex from like a game design perspective. The, the projects are complex because you might have like some game design here and some learning design here, and you need both areas of expertise, and then you got to figure out how to bring them together. And that's where I that's what I specialize in is games as learning 
so I can help oversee that as a lean game designer. But like learning experience designers don't necessarily do game design and definitely not vice versa. Yeah. So where do I find game designers who could do projects like this? Ah. Right. Ah. So, like you're you're equipped to evaluate the work as you put those things together. But that is also something that you're going to need when like evaluating like um, potential hires or contractors. But that's not your job is to do that. But you are inevitably in, now involved in that. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking that at least for the time being, I need to f- make it part of my job so that I can do, I, I can know that there are people I can rely on. Yeah. To take care of any overflow work from extra projects that come in while I'm already booked up on things. Mm-hmm. Um, or like I need, I should be spending a dedicated amount of time every, you know, on the regular to product design. But if there's a project that's like really important, if we don't have someone who can handle some of the day-to-day execution on that, then it consumes all my time. Right. And that's kind of the situation that we're in right now is we just didn't have the talent when we needed it. Um, and so we're making it work, but it's, there's a reason I haven't touched Tears of the Kingdom yet. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah. I, but here's the thing is I don't even know where to start. Like, well, okay. I have some ideas, but I also wanted to bring this to you guys because maybe you have ideas and this I think would be a good thing to think out loud because I, you know, thinking through some of these considerations and for the people who are doing like smaller game projects on their own, if they need to hire something out, like where can you go to find talent to yeah. help you with art? Uh, where can you go to find talent if you have extra game design work and you don't have the bandwidth to take it on yourself or you want some consulting? Where can you find people for these types of smaller projects? And Right. And that's different from saying trying to find a partner on a project, right. which is a whole nother, you know can of worms. Exactly. That's not what I'm talking about. Right. I'm not talking about partnership. And I think that's a, that would be its own episode entirely mm-hmm. um, or its own roundtable topic entirely. Uh, but like- you need to hire someone for a specific thing on the work that you're doing. I'm lucky in this particular situation because I have the like the hiring power of an entire company behind me. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of people who are working on smaller projects maybe don't have that. Um, but I think some of the same principles can hopefully apply. Right. Um, would it be helpful or relevant to talk about ways that, like, even if you can't necessarily hire somebody, how to get help from folks? Uh, around you who aren't necessarily experienced in it, but like can still provide some assistance in some form. Like within the company, you mean? Yeah. Oh, like mar- just marshalling resources. Yes. Oh, sure. We can talk about that first. It's like, that's not, I, I don't have experience in hire, getting help. I don't have a lot of experience in getting help from other people with respect to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like if I have an issue with something, I'll be like, help me please, Mark. <laughs> well, that's my experience on small teams. Yeah. It's like, we need this something. None of us know how to do it. Who's going to learn how? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That oftentimes is how it ends up panning out. Um, but like in, in situations where like I need help with a specific thing, I have just like leaned on the community here, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the game dev community here. Um, but like if I want, if I need something specific for like work, um, at Future Club, you know, I'm the only programmer at the moment, um, and nobody else can really help me code a thing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I will lean on my coworkers to help me make decisions on stuff that I'm like. I have a toss up on. Right. Yeah. Um, so like, I'll be like, oh, I could program it this way, which would give me these advantages, but have these, you know, deficiencies or whatever. And then I can go this way, which, you know, have these pros and cons or whatever. Um, and then what I'll do is I'll be like, this is a decision that I could spend an hour uh, researching and understanding better and then make a decision on. Or I could ask my coworkers to see what they want and what I what would be best to serve that. Oh, and so then- I save time by just like not like, putting it off until I have a meeting. Hmm. Right. And so I think the the issue there is that like Ellen is talking about like distribution of labor. 
Yes. Uh, not right, necessarily right. of skills, which which yeah, is okay. something that can be solved that way. That's... But that technique can still work, which mm-hmm. is to say you are representing your colleagues who don't understand the 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 nitty gritty of the work you're doing. Yeah. You're presenting them with these are the decisions I need to make. Yes. And this is what it means. Yes. These are the questions I need to answer. And they may be qualified to help you with that, right? Right. Or at least their answers can give you context. And then you could be like, oh, it didn't look like they totally understood it, but I but they made an interesting point. Yeah. And you can weigh that. Yeah. I think the there's some upfront work required, but yes. like um if you are if you're in a position where you can't hire out, where you just need to like take whatever hours anybody has available within the company. Mm-hmm. And this is not, you know, ha- asking people you know to volunteer their time if they don't work for your company. Yeah. Right, um, right. That's, there's a distinction there, but mm-hmm. we can just set that aside for now, um, is you can essentially frame what questions need to be answered and then set people to those questions. And then they can come back with sort of their report on on what would make sense or reasoning. Yeah. And then you can do the work with that information. Yeah. It's not efficient, Yeah. right? And also it requires work from you up front. Um, and I'm speaking very abstractly, so I wouldn't really know exactly how it looked like in every situation. Right. But it's like a desperate way out of 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 trying to get work out of people who aren't qualified for the work. Yeah. Like, like Future Clever at the moment is not in a position where we can hire our programmers. Yeah. So that's why I that's why I've been to this. Yeah. And like, if I need help with a decision, I will just be like, I can't make this decision. Help me make this decision. Or I could make this decision, but it would take time away from me doing other things. So I ask somebody else to help me make the decision so I don't have to think about it as much. Yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense, right? So you're um you're kinda like uh outsourcing some of your brain like executive space. function. Yeah, executive yes. functions so you can make and I think that makes sense because it makes a lot of sense, I think, for your context, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is a project that a lot of the group is working on. Right. Whatever you're working on. Yeah. And so they have a say and they understand the project yeah. enough to be able to give me that insight. Right, right. Right. And I imagine you, you probably have coworkers that are in similar situations that can help sure. you in that way. They may, they may not be game designers or uh, learning specialists, but like, you know, they can still help you with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's, and to be just, yeah, just to kind of mirror that, mm-hmm. it's not really a mirror, but like different situation. Sure. Um, I do that a lot with developers okay. and, with, and with also with UX different people. Yeah. Um. Uh. We have UX designers and we have engineers. And often when we're starting a new project, I'll, I'll sketch out a design that's easier for the client to understand. But mm-hmm. then I'll bring it in front of the developer and I'll say, okay, well, let's think through the logic of this and what this actually needs to be. And the developers will almost always have input yeah. about how to change things because a lot of what we're doing is also tied into a platform. Yeah. Yeah. Um. With CMS capabilities or the eventual desire to have CMS capabilities for what we're building. And so that can, you know, means that we have to develop things in a certain way, which means maybe we can't necessarily or don't want to at the outset support certain types of gameplay or decisions or interactivity. So it's definitely a thing that we um, talk through the design of the experiences a lot in detail um, with a whole team. But, you know, like the work of documenting that so that a huge, you know, a large number of people across different groups and from different backgrounds can understand what's supposed to happen with the game. That takes a lot of time. Yeah, and that's yeah. not something you can uh, lend out to other people. You can't. You can't let, ask for their brain power to help you with that kind of thing. Right. Well, they have the other things to do. I'm yeah. sure. Like, well, even if know. they didn't have any other things to do, like it's your specialty. Yeah. I guess. And so, like, it would be difficult. Yeah. You would have to be relying on them to do a thing, and then it, that's a whole ask yeah. too. And well, I have every bit of confidence that like the lead developers, the developers that I work with, mm-hmm. um, the, the the senior developers that I work with yeah. would be able to diagram it out. Sure, absolutely. Like we, they speak the game language. Like 
um, they know how to use a tool, but it's like their their time is not best spent doing that. Sure. They have a skill set that no one else in the like maybe two other people in the company have. They've got to be doing that. They should be there coaching like the junior developers on putting code into things, right? Yeah, making things actually work because if it does, that's that's the product, right? Yeah. yeah. But sometimes, for instance, what happened this week um, is that like. I th- there was a part of the design that wasn't clear in my documentation on one of the projects that I'm working on. And it's really, really fast, really fast. And because it wasn't clear or I didn't spend enough time like checking in with everybody and like just double checking that we had all the stuff, we missed a few backgrounds that we needed background assets, um, like environmental assets. And now there's no time to make it up. So we have to get creative about what we already have. Yeah. And I think we'll make it work and it'll be okay. And yeah. maybe we'll have time to do one or two more, but we'll see. Um, point being is like, because I was in the weeds on so many other things, I wasn't doing what I think is my role, is my job sure, as yeah. lead game designer, which is making sure that the vision is consistent and everyone understands at the same level what we're going for. I think it's related to what you were saying, Stephen, but it's also a little different because like yeah. what, I, what I really am looking to do is not necessarily, I've got brain partners, I've got great partners in thinking, okay. but like I need to, that people who can like understand what I mean by the diagram and then put the diagram together, you know? Yeah. So that kind of thing. Uh, anyway, that's. Oh, well, it sounds like you need to hire more people to help you with that. Then. Well, that's that's, know, that's we're back to sort of exploring all the ways you can try to solve the problem without doing the main, the sort of obvious yeah. thing to solve the right. problem. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Right. Um. So, what? How do we solve the problem with the obvious way? Then? How do we solve the problem? Great. Okay. Um. Right. So not all teams have the resources to just go out and hire people. Yeah. Um. But I also think that. You know, we're not necessarily looking for someone who's full time. We're looking for like yeah. part time roles because project needs change and fluid and not persistent. There's like almost always another project in the, on the horizon, but it might not have the same needs. Yeah. And then our need for having a support in the game design sphere is influenced by what other projects are going on and how complicated they are. So um, I guess the thing is the the thing I've been thinking of. Let me know what you guys think of this. Is um, there's <laughs> there are lead game designers and then there are assistant game designers. And I'm just wondering if you've heard those terms before and if they're pretty standard across the industry. Like when I say, like I'm looking for an assistant game designer to help me with this project for for eight weeks. Like, mm-hmm. is will people understand what that means? Um, I think <laughs> it's Im- implicit in the yeah. title, but. I mean, my background doesn't involve organizations that big to have right. tiers like that. Damn. Um, yep, yep. So, um, and I'm thinking about like AAA credits. Right. Like it, I mean, it's kind of Wild West a little bit, mm-hmm. mm. right? Um, you have game designers, then you have lead game designers. That's usually how it's framed. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, some people are, you know, of varying levels of, of uh, responsibility, but that's usually related to their role at a company and not their credit which is if you don't work at a AAA company is usually all you're exposed to. Right. So that's my ignorance. Right, right, right. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised. Certainly, the, you know, uh, every department needs juniors. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of times those are full-time positions. Right. Um, yeah. Right. And the, and it's it's on a track. It's not – because I think what you're really looking for is you're looking for freelancers, mercenaries. Yeah. People who are senior level or could be described as mid or senior level who you don't need a lot from. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's not, a good point. Not someone who is not capable of taking on a, the – fuller thing because you would need all their time you know uh, right. or you might want more of their time um you yeah you just want to 
pay someone for the work and uh, send them on their way happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know what that looks like um, in terms of like that market. I mean, I freelanced in a, a different career for over a decade. I know what that looks like, but yeah. I couldn't couldn't dream to map that onto the industry I'm in now because I've never been that a freelancer in this space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've worked on I've worked on games projects as a contractor. But not as what you described, someone to do a task yeah. and bounce. Yeah, um, it's it's to I've always been someone to fill a role and then stick through the project. You know, it's that's different, mm-hmm. right? Um, I guess I've done that a couple know? times. I did QA for Gravic. Uh, they did that had that um mobile game. The uh, I don't remember the exact details. You like fling a coin in the well, and it was. Like a, the woo-woo stuff. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was like horoscope. Thing. Yes, that's I what I was that. trying to think of. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> there was a, there was a mixed level of pride, I recall, for the people working on that game. Yeah. High yeah. and low. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed doing QA for that, though, because like yeah. it was pretty... There, I don't know. Uh, um, graphics a good company to work with. Yeah. Um, But I remember doing that because they just hired me to do QA for like uh, maybe a, a couple of months or something like that. And mm-hmm. then I didn't do anything else with the project. They had me at near the end mm-hmm. um, of the development time. Um, and I mean, they specifically hired me cause I was there and I was like, do you want QA work? And they were like, yeah, we could use QA work. So, uh, that doesn't necessarily help you. I, I guess like, I, I feel like a lot of times when those kinds of things happen in our community, we reach out to other people in our community yeah. to help us with that. I don't know if that's necessarily relevant for you well, I th- but like yeah I, I i'm wondering if there are any other if there are other people because you know you've been acquired by a larger company right mm-hmm. this company i assume is big if it's enough to acquire a company so can is there somewhere you can get resources in the company to help you that we used to do that at um pixel lakes too is like we would get people when we were working on rhythm but we got somebody who did music stuff to help us make music for the game right they would get they, the work he, equivalent of a cousin yeah, yeah, yeah. He would get he would get uh he would get other artists to make music for the game, um instead of us like having to find instead of us finding uh, a musician to make all of our music instead. Uh, so like that, that I don't know if that's something that could be potentially beneficial. You know, I hadn't or, really thought about that. Cause or we're... even somebody who's like interested in it and would like to explore it and just try it out for a couple of months. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, don't, I guess you'd have to train them though. Well, Maybe that's not what you want to do. That's exactly what I was going to get yeah. into is like, you know, the thing that you got to think about is mm-hmm. the trade off between time and time and money, I guess. Yeah. That seems like it would be if there are people available and they have time and they have interest, it would be potentially a lower cost way of getting some of the work done. If we have internal people who are already full time, um, they're or like already salaried yeah. and we could, you know, divert some of their availability to right and that's, that's not necessarily like taking whatever free hours they have that's like their manager you know loaning them to you so, right. that, yeah, yeah. so that you would actually have their full attention mm-hmm. right so that is one way to do it which would be lower cost but the other thing is that it's also some you know again like you were saying Stephen, they might not have the skill set they might not have the practice they might not be able to quickly jump into the vision that you have yeah and help you create the support and scaffolding and documentation needed to help an entire other team execute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And they might need a lot of oversight, which then what's, what was the point? Right. Yeah. So that is, I think it's, I mean, I think it's a really trade. I will say the thing about contractors, like short-term contractors is it doesn't matter how good or organized they are, or how many times they've even worked with this company before, yep. they are going to need oversight. Yeah, I was yes. going to say that's going to, it's going to be the case regardless. Right? Exactly. That's true. Yeah. And, and, and I think part of that 
is just endemic to how the relationship works. Like yeah. they, they are coming in quickly and leaving quickly. Like there's no way they're going to be ready. Uh-huh. Right. Um, and then, and you need to find a way to fast, you know, fast forward that process. But that means only giving them responsibilities of the things you can train them in an efficient way. Right. Yeah. Right. So it limits what they're able to do for you. Um, which is one thing, but I think actually part of the other reason is that it's a less structured, uh, hiring scenario, right? You mm-hmm. don't necessarily have a handbook that covers multiple situations. Um, a lot of times I think because contractors are usually from my experience in other industries is that it's people, it's people, you know, through work you've done, like there's a lot more, like, this is the list of people we go to rather than let's look out for a bunch of, for some people for this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's because of the efficiencies that are required for something like that. If you needed someone to really do the work and you, and it was so high, uh, um, the, the demands on it are so high yeah. that you require, then when you're just going to, you just need to hire somebody. Yeah. Right. And then you, and you need to invest in the training, but because your resources are limited, you just need to fill a hole. You, you can't really, that's a waste of resources to to get someone up to speed on that. And so it's just, it's like a little paradox. Mm-hmm. And so what you end up happening is you're just like, well, these are the people we work with that we've worked with before that can come in and do something. You know, they're not going to know what this is, but like we, we, you get through some of the things you need to get through, which is like, do they work well with us? Do they know what my email address is? Yeah. Like <laughs> some logistical <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah. And so that, you know, when um, that comes down to, if you're looking for game designers and they don't necessarily need learning experience design, yeah. like you actually, you know, should just be reaching out on the community discord and exactly, Slack yep. and yeah. say, we have some work you know, it's going to be weird and it's, it's going to maybe take a little bit. It might not be what you're used to, but like I, you know, you know, some people who have skills you can reach mm-hmm, out to, yeah. mm-hmm. and, but you're not going to find, you're not going to find the professional mercenary that way necessarily. Uh, it's going, it's going to require that oversight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that's going to be a learning process for you. If that's not yeah. something that, that you've done at this company before. Right. Well, and that's the thing is no matter what I do, it's like all in flux and it's all new. Yeah. yeah so yeah, it's yeah. all going to require learning and it's sure. all going to require, you know, oversight and close and it's going to save you the time to do the work yourself but it's going to save you all of 15 percent of effort compared to (laughs) compared to doing it yourself so like it might be worth it but it's not gonna it's just not gonna feel like a win because you're gonna be putting a lot of effort into getting it going and and getting it done it'll be less than doing it yourself but maybe not by much yeah that's a really that's a good point too but um but i think there's also something to be said for using like a different part of your brain yeah. And having someone who's in there in the weeds with you trying to figure right. out and yes. problem solve yeah, stuff. Exactly. Like that we were you saying, Stephen, like when you, you know, you have a decision that you can make, you can research it for two hours and then spend another hour like pros and cons and diagramming it out or whatever you, you know, I guess for you, putting it in a spreadsheet. Um, <laughs> you could also just jump in a call with everybody for 60 minutes and have a good discussion about that. And it's yeah. all, and then so you've saved yourself 75% of the time you would have spent. Yes, that's, yeah. And so I think there is something, you know, there's for sure something really powerful about having two brains synced up on the same topic. Just like to- lessening the burden on, yeah. exactly. you know, on you. Exactly. Exactly. Very valuable. Exactly. So I think if I had, you know, rather than, having too much work to execute on instead of having a lot of meetings to go <laughs> and work to review it's it's still a different kind of a different kind of stress yeah it's maybe a little bit easier to maintain and then also like you said you uh, you mentioned this word this word earlier mark but an investment in the training mm-hmm. right so it is supposed to be a relationship it's not like a plug and play situation where you're 
hiring a cyborg. Yeah. Like it is a relationship. Mm-hmm. But you made a really good point. And that was one of the things I had thought about, like, okay, where are some what are some places you can we can go to find some of this talent? And it really honestly, it, it does seem like the local community is probably the best way. Mm-hmm. Um and I've already I've started to start, you know, have some conversations with some of the other folks in the company who come for came from other studios and learned a little bit about where those other studios have jumped in to help out. But I think, yeah, I think I got to start laying down some inroads. Yeah, it feels it feels very, I mean, you're a systems person. I'm a system person. I want, you want there to be like an instruction set for how you do this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it's friggin', it's glad handing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's sending cold. It's like, hey, what are you, are you busy this month to someone you know? Yeah. And that feels uh, not icky, but it, it feels unofficial in a sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah, a little bit. A it little feels bit. like, isn't there like a more... Isn't there a smarter, maybe fairer way to do this? And it's like, well, not really. Like it, does, it, it doesn't doesn't tick all the boxes, and you, then you lose whatever efficiencies you gain yeah. um, from outsourcing like that. Well, maybe and maybe not yet, but maybe the way yeah. to find those. Well, building products. a network is an act of like, uh, you know, yeah. uh, of management, and at least you know, I mean, to it's an act of like uh, moral decision making about like who you contact and how, yeah. um, and what your circles are part of, and that's like a whole thing that's going to hang over you when you think about offering opportunities to people yeah for sure um but that's why you want there to be like a system in place for handling all those right. questions um and there just isn't no right? there is not yet and so it's like i gotta create one yeah yeah <laughs> who's gonna help me do that <laughs> okay yeah well yeah i think the thing is just start is what i'm hearing it's yeah. like find some people get some stuff started I mean, well okay here's let me oh, oh. let's let's interrogate that question every both of you are like <laughs> mark first okay okay so i mean I'm not totally clear on if this is your job. Do you know what I mean? Like you recognize it needs to be done you've, and you've identified yourself as the best person to do it. Hmm. But is this your job? Is, is this your employer asking too much of you? That's basically what I was going to say. Oh, you guys are all synced up. Yeah. <laughs> synced up on your pounce. Yeah. Um, oh. We're not pouncing. We're and just I think concerned. you're right about using the other part of your brain. That's valuable. Yeah. I've always loved at jobs I've had where like I have to work a little harder, but it means I get to do a whole different thing. That's refreshing. Like, I don't see that as crunch. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously limits to these sorts of mm. things. So I don't want to like say like, you know, you just need to do your job description and nothing else. Otherwise, it's exploitation. But this is like a big thing. Right. Yeah. And it's to solve a big problem. And yes. it's and it's of interest to the entire company. And specifically, your company is large enough where they have the resources to help you with this kind of thing. It's one thing, you know, we were talking about being an indie game. You know, we kind of have to pick up the slack because you can't hire five different people to help you with stuff. Yeah. Right. But you have a big company that can help you with these kinds of things. And it kind of sounds like if they're not doing that and they're putting a lot of stuff on you, then that's their fault and they should be doing something about that. I just don't think they know. Well, then right, they right. should know. Well, that that is a me- that's a super fun meeting you need to have with your direct yeah. reports, uh, the people you report to, yeah, and so that they understand that, right? And so, and because once they understand that, and and then they may also identify you as the best person to do that. Sure. But then the decision needs to be made: Are we going to put this pressure on Ellen because we have to? Yeah. Or are we going to not do it because we don't pay Ellen enough to do that? <laughs> like, yeah. And that's like that is their question to answer. Yeah, yes. that's a really good point. And actually, now that I think about it, like, I have had these conversations with um, the person who I report to, and they are working on it at a high okay. level. Yeah. It's tr- it's probably moving pretty quickly for a big organization. Sure. But like not super quickly on like the day to day. From the day-to-day project perspective, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh. sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, there are there are divisions in the company that are specifically dedicated towards like uh, staff augmentation, yeah, okay, and, like recruitment and things. And right. I don't know their full capabilities, but is the thing. And I guess also thinking about this is thinking about it from a systems design perspective. You know, ne- networking's got we good. Networking's yeah. great. Do it, and I should do it. And 
like actually getting the word out, you know, if I can help, maybe I can help put together like this is the kind of people, this is the kind of role we need on a project by project basis. Yeah. Maybe we can swap these specific lines out for each specific project that we need, but then like, please go out and find these people. Yeah. And we can probably put like multiple groups on, on doing that kind of work. Okay. Um, I guess the thing that might help me from a systems design perspective is like, okay, what do the project structures look like? And how does my role f- slot into those structures of like the, people the structure of the people and also the structure of the work in such a way that if we brought someone else on board for a short period of time to handle some of like to execute on the game design vision that i could stay involved enough to make sure that they have what they need to be successful but also like there's a wrinkle there still doing my other duties yeah yes so the wrinkle there is your your concern for that is to make sure that when you do bring someone on who you have limited access to and 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 they have limited information to get started the con- the concern the legitimate concern is they may be wasting a lot of that time mm-hmm. the company may be wasting a lot of the money that they're putting the resources they're putting to that person both in time and money okay um and so but the solution is not to make your work less efficient right this is like a cho- pick your poison kind of scenario yeah, yeah yeah i mean you know i'm not saying there's not a way to have to win you know on all counts but there is often a choice, which is, okay, we're going to hire someone. The work they're going to do is not going to be as good as if they had all the resources I could provide to them. But me t- devoting my time to provide all those resources to them is will ultimately mean that my work is less efficient and my work is more valuable. And my time is more valuable to the company. And so, you know, again, this is a manager's problem, yeah. not yours explicitly. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a, there, is a, there is a desire to solve the puzzle mm-hmm. when that, that is a... It's often impossible, and you have to accept the least worst outcome. That's the solution, though. That is solving the puzzle. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> okay. All right, then. Top <laughs> <is> over. <laughs> well, I think when you say, like, how do I make sure they have what they need, part of that is recognizing that it's okay if I can't give them everything they need. Yeah. Right. No, yeah. It's, it's, a, and it's, it's not like, okay, here's your game design vision packet. Please go it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, okay, how are we going to work together? Like, do you want to meet every day? What do you like to do? What's your favorite breakfast food? <laughs> um, it's a new person on the team, so you, you know you get. Yeah, that's yeah. A, maybe that's just ultimately a feel out as you go kind of it's thing, just, and yeah. then and then assess later, like did this work or didn't? Right, it? You, you don't know until you've worked with them for a little while, and yeah. that's kind of what I meant by I think I just need to start. Um, yeah, that's true. You can't just you can't just be like, well, it's going to be really awkward, so I'm just <laughs> never going to do anything right, well, about who's it. Who's the perfect person? Is that them? Exactly. Right. You don't know. You got to start, and I, you know, I'm glad. I'm really glad. I hope that listeners got something out of this thinking out loud process. Like, I don't know. I went to, I went to websites and I'm like, there's nobody on, there's nobody on Upwork. Like if I wanted to hire a graphic designer or like an audio engineer, that place is stacked with those people. Yeah. But there's like nobody for game design on Upwork yeah. that I would yeah. like feel good about right. having a dialogue with. It's harder to write a brief for, for the work you want yeah. in yeah. that field, right? There's probably just not enough institutional experience across the industry. For, yeah. for that to be common. So that's not necessarily a problem associated with, with, it might be, but I think part of it too is just like people have been hiring freelance graphic designers for 70 years. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So exactly. like the, there's the language is developed for how you do that. Right. Exactly. Well, and part of what makes a game, part of what you strive for in a game is something new mm-hmm. yeah. too, right? Like right. not that that's not present in graphic design work, 
it's just it's different you'll end up treading new ground and yeah. you can't necessarily hire out somebody to help you with a thing that hasn't been done before right exactly like how the, you just, at least in the same right, way basically you're saying like, i'm trying to solve a problem that involves making learning about digital pcr equipment mm. into a cool experience like yeah. that's fun well <laughs> i would argue that that's no more difficult than than a similar brief in another field yeah yes it, but i do think that people have less experience doing it and people hiring freelance graphic designers in general are usually more satisfied with more minimum viable work yeah in a way that maybe you're not ready to accept might also have to be true for when you hire when you contract out for game design work yes well that's a good point but also like if i if i post that kind of a job description that i just described like Mm-hmm. That if I post a job description for something really short about graphic design on Upwork, I will have a bunch of bids back. Yes, yeah, right. Because there's that that's, that's shared language. That's, exactly, yeah, and then sure. and there are a bunch of people there. Like mm-hmm. they know that that's where the work is being posted, and the people came, and vice versa. That's mm-hmm. where they. That's where the talent is. That's where people post the work. Yeah. Um. And I don't think there's any. I, I didn't really find anything super like that in. Yeah. Or, I mean, the field the field is also smaller. Yeah. That's the, yeah. It, it, it might just be a factor of numbers. Right? Yep. Exactly. Um. Which is why networking is so important. And yeah. so I to Discord. <laughs> cool. Really very thrilling ex- conclusion. <laughs> yeah. You're like, and now I gotta do the work. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would be really cool. I just I, I just okay, I mean it's like I don't know if this is imposter syndrome speaking or something like that, but like the idea that people in this like in my immediate community would mm-hmm. at all be interested in doing the work that I do is like yeah. weird to think about. I don't know, and the, I will so, say we're all we're all scraping around for table scraps. Yes. I think so. I, I don't think <laughs> I, I think any one anything new. I mean, this community is pretty. I think we all have taught each other that different is interesting. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and you know, worst case scenario, people are busy or uninterested. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's not point. worse than where you are now. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. 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 Um. So, in conclusion, ask your friends for input. That's what this podcast is about. Yeah. All right, team. Episode's running long. Okay. We got to talk about Glom real, real quick. All right. Glom. Uh, Glom. Glom. It's great. It's uh, it's a short, very short word game. Ellen, Glom. <laughs> Glom. Steven, more Glom. Glom. And uh, you get to rewrite words. Okay, guys. Where's, where Glom? Where Glom? Uh, NiceGames.club slash Glom. NiceGames.club slash Glom. G-L-O-M. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. All right. My topic is companions. What does that mean? I don't know. Hey, we'll, listen. We'll figure it out. Yeah, that. No, not exactly ah, that. I wanted to see if that's what it's going to be. Nice try. Right. That was good. That was good. I like Dale that. and I just had our 17th wedding anniversary. Oh. Just, you know, F- FYI. Because speaking Aww. of companions. <laughs> All right, what are you talking about, Stephen? just talk about that for 12 minutes. Why did you skip over that in the meta? That's cute. I don't don't know. Because, okay, I don't know if I said this on the show, but we have two anniversaries. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. I think you have one. There's this date when we started dating, Mm -hmm. um, which is uh, March 15th, and when we got married, which is June 17th. Wait, you guys started dating on March 15th, too? That's when you started? Yes. Wow. 
<sighs> anyway, I, I need to wait till March fifteenth, I guess, and sort of so right. we. I mean, <laughs> find we, my soulmate. <laughs> we picked our wedding day because it was a convenient Saturday. Yeah, it's not special, yeah. right? And, and and so that's. I think maybe other people have that attitude as well. Anyway. Uh, sorry, I derailed the thing. <laughs> no, it's fine. That was cute. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Right. Right. So, um, I I run, I run an event um, once a week. It's the fourth Saturday of the week. It's uh, kind of PLC get together. It's like you just, it's an IDDA event, uh, IDDA TC event that where we just come a bunch of people of color come together and talk about stuff. It's not super well attended, but this last time it was. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, and we talked about uh, the Last of Us Part Two. Um, and also The Last of Us, and what was it got me to thinking about how The Last of Us the the show was received? Yeah, mm-hmm. because I think people liked it a lot, but they felt like they weren't as connected to the characters, um, specifically like Ellie and stuff. And I think part of the reason why they they weren't as connected to Ellie is because they didn't spend a whole bunch of random obnoxious encounters dealing with the clickers or whatever it was <laughs> um, <laughs> before they got to some of the neat yeah. story, uh, story stuff that just happened in the show right away. Mm. Um, and so I, I guess I was just kind of thinking about like wh- uh, what a good companion is in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like an AI. And so like specifically I'm talking about like an AI companion that like follows you and helps you do things right. in yeah. the game. Not Navi, right. which is just... Uh, a tutorial, a walking tutorial that annoys you the whole time. Uh-huh. Um, I will say that the sword in Skyward Sword was way worse. Yeah, apparently, yeah, <laughs> I, that's what I've heard. I have yeah. not played that game, but that is what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, that also does not count. Uh, I'm talking about like, yeah, I'm talking about like Ellie, or I'm talking about like, um, um, Ashley from Resident Evil Four, the new one and the old one, um, or even like Companion Cube from Portal. Uh, it's only uh, for a little bit. I got thoughts on that. <laughs> that is like it's weird how people put that in that pantheon of game yeah. companions because I mean, it's purely a, a narrative conceit. Yeah, there's no gameplay connection to that at all. Right, right, right. Wait, yeah. what are you talking about? It's just a box you walk through a level, and it is just Gladys a box. talks about it as if it's your best friend. Yeah, that's a clever conceit. Yeah, but it doesn't. It does not function in any way whatsoever, and that's kind of the point of it. No, mm-hmm. but I carried that GameCube. I carried that cube. GameCube. GameCube. Yeah. <laughs> what it was? GameCube. Cube of game. I carried that cube all over the place, even yeah. if it wasn't part of the puzzle. Yeah, what? but that puzzle is like a. It's like a. It doesn't even that part long a part of the game. No, I do, and I tried to take it all over. All over. I tried to take that cube yeah. all over because but, it was my friend. So exactly that the reason right, why I do, I, bring... I do that a hundred times in Zelda every hour. <laughs> I get yeah. is a Korok now. I was gonna say yeah. yeah, no one's treating the Koroks like and that. My point is, I think when people put that in the conversation <laughs> of like an AI companion, I, I think it's just it's. it's I think yeah. they're forgetting that they have nothing to do with but each other. But what I was gonna say is, yeah. it's not. It's Steven not was a... forgetting. Wow. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> I had a point. Steven, point. You've interrupted me enough. <laughs> Anyways. I'm okay. Okay. All right, all right, all right. My point was specifically with the companion cube. Like, there's a lot of, there is narrative conceit to make you feel attached to the cube, mm-hmm. right? That's the conceit of it. But ultimately, it's just a cube, and you just use it to, you literally hold it in front of lasers and junk. So it takes damage for you or whatever. That's what a good companion does. That's not what you're, a good companion You're there for it and it's there for you. I think it's there for you and you do nothing for it. You literally throw it into a chute and it burns. Now, um, that's the one thing that makes it similar to other AI companions <laughs> is that you do nothing for it. Yeah. But what, what, I, I, what I find interesting is like people do get attached to these companions even if they don't 
even feel yeah. like they they don't actually have much function in the game like mm. they just follow you around and do dialogue every once in a while that that's what makes the companion cube interesting as yes. a narrative conceit because right. it's entirely a parody of that yeah but, yeah that's true <laughs> but also um it's what makes um ellie in La in the first last of us mm -hmm. uh, completely breaks it because mm. I, re I remember uh when people were like oh there's a character that follows you around all the time mm -hmm. and all the gaming bros were like, oh, okay, oh, no, it's escort be, mission. It's an escort mission. And what yeah. if there's stealth? And and I, I don't know what the state of games before this are, but today, in today's mm -hmm. day and age, if you have an AI companion, there is no way they will knock over a box. They yep. don't make any noise. Yep. They don't attract the attention of any monsters. Yep. And I remember with Last of Us, there was like a PR hit of making sure everybody knew that. Yeah. That don't worry, they're not going to ruin your stealth. And then you play this game. And you watch Ellie crouch around this like abandoned restaurant mm -hmm. in front of all of these yeah. zombies and military yeah. people, and it and it completely and you lose. I, I mean, in my my experience, there are like scenes, you know, the the giraffe scene people talk about, and there's certain yeah. moments in that game that that ruins all of it for me. Mm. Like I feel like I don't well because I don't no care stakes. how realistic your doors are. Yeah, like if, if you do that, <laughs> yeah. if, if if you're like, oh, this is about escorting a young girl through a terrible region mm -hmm. with dangers at every turn, mm -hmm. but don't worry, the dangers aren't really a big deal. Right, like that's what it's saying to you, and it's a complete failure of its own premise. Mm -hmm. And 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 obviously they had to do it because yeah. they just didn't have they couldn't make it work in a way that would have been good. Yeah, but then they made the wrong choice to do that, mm. and it's just you know games are a million decisions. So like whatever, I mean it's still a fun game. Yeah. But I feel like there's not enough sort of criticism like about like those connections. Um, like the fact that you like make that narratively, you know, make a cutscene where she goes and hide or make it make her somehow able to be invisible, which is silly conceit, but like makes the mechanic make sense. But don't make her wander around <laughs> and like just right in front, in front of a guy of with a machine gun. <laughs> yeah, and, but you, you can rest easy that you're still in stealth. Right, right, right. Like that it's it completely. I'm so mad about it. <laughs> Yes. Uh yeah, it's that's weird. Yeah. Um and I agree. Like that is that is a failing of the game. Yeah. Um but yeah, I th I think ultimately like you'd still spend a bunch of time with with Ellie. Um and I think like like in Resident Evil 4, um it was uh I, I have not played the game. Mm -hmm. But um people complain about how they have to like defend Ashley because yeah, yeah, like yeah. she can get killed and right. they do not do the thing that <laughs> last of us does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She gets killed and, yeah. and and people are complaining about it all the time. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I'm remembering right then, like Ellie was almost a response to those types yes. of, yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm reminded of like other games where I've like, where you have to like protect a person, yeah. like the whole game and they like do things for you and you have to beat up people or whatever so that they can do the things for you. Mm -hmm. um, it's all kind of just like effectively this character is just a bar that goes up and when <laughs> yeah. the bar fills up, they, the thing happens. Like they, it doesn't necessarily have to be a character to do that, but like yeah. be it, by attaching it to a, an AI, com, an AI companion and giving that, I guess, I guess a little bit of like of narrative importance mm -hmm. it changes the context in which you're playing the game I yeah think. Mm -hmm. in a way that can be interesting um and valuable um but yeah you can break it pretty easily just due to the fact that it's the a way really the fragile are. conceit mm -hmm. interesting yeah. it, you can break either the player's experience because uh they have to deal with this annoying ai companion or something and they don't want to have to do that because it's like they haven't you haven't been given enough tools to help them or the ai companion doesn't have enough tools to defend themselves or, you know, you can completely ruin the experience by, like, making the AI companion not really effectively just a bar that goes up every once yeah. in a while. Or, you know, dialogue, and they don't actually do anything in the game. Um, but, yeah.
one one thing I enjoy, I think about like AI companions is that when they are when they feel like they're doing things of their own volition, they're not doing things of their own volition, right? Yeah. But like they like will take out an enemy, even though like I could have easily done it. They all have done it. Yeah. That just feels it felt it feels like they're actually putting in some effort. <laughs> It feels like they're actually there. Yeah. <laughs> Not like actually there, but it feels like they're actually doing some things. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. In um, actually in Breath of the Wild, the uh, or not Breath of the Wild, uh, the new one. Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, in Tears of the Kingdom, uh, yeah, you you can get the sages. Yes. Um, yeah, they are not stealthy. <laughs> they are not stealthy at all. It's kind of, um, and they're invisible, so they should be right. <laughs> but like, they will every once in a while, um, you know, you'll they'll take out a, a moblin or whatever. Yeah. Uh, even though like I was one, I was about to swing and hit the final blow or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, oh well, thanks, thanks, Those bud. Electric Good job, little buddy. or whatever. Like, yeah. I never have to worry about them. Yeah, because the sage of fire is always like, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the big electric explosion happens way out in front of me. Oh, that's great. Yeah, see, like that kind of stuff feels satisfying. Yeah. And it's ba- it's a little it's just a little thing that they do. Yep. It's not yeah. really actually that big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's in, in fact something that is very capable of an AI. An AI can target a thing and shoot the thing and deal damage to the thing. I, but I feel like a lot of times some um, there will be games where the AI will deal damage to stuff but not do the final hit. And it's annoying that right. you have to be the person to do the final hit every time. And that's a that's they want to make sure that it's not just an auto battler, right? And they, yeah, they want to make sure it's not just an auto battler, and they want to give the player the satisfaction of doing the things themselves. Yeah, but like by you can if, see through it pretty easily. Yeah, you can see through it, and you remove the agency from the AI. It seems weird yeah. to give AI an agency, but like it works in the context of the game. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I don't know. I wanted to bring all those things up. These are the kinds of things I've been thinking the about. Sages the sages are really interesting. Couple I, weeks. I, I was ready to argue with you that like yeah. I don't like that they move around on their own and make their mm. own decisions because they are mainly a tool for me. Yeah. Like they yeah. have powers that I activate by pressing the A button. Yes. Like <laughs> that's how I use them. Mm-hmm. And it's very annoying <laughs> when I have to chase them down in the middle yeah. of a fight yeah, that, that is to get them to do their thing. I do agree. And meanwhile I get, you know, hit on the head by a Lizofo or whatever. Oh uh, yeah. Like <laughs> it's like, no, no, I I'm just chasing down my partners. Uh, I didn't I didn't not see you coming. Yeah. Um but I think it's but but actually I'm with you now because mm. the way you describe it, because yeah. I do like that about them feeling like it's like, yeah, they're pretty dumb. Yeah. But like I can I can role play. I'm like, yes, they're yeah. people with me right now. Right. It's that, that they're trying to do both. Yeah. And then don't give them powers that I activate as if they're part of my inventory. Sure. Mm. Make them fully autonomous. Mm. Like if I have to because I mean a lot of these AI companions have this where like they they sort of look like they're on their own and sometimes they'll get into fights on their own or whatever. Yeah. But then as soon as you have to do some sort of gameplay checkpoint, you need to like they're just a tool in your tool belt now. Yeah. And it'd be great if games could resist one or the other. Yeah. Because they pretty frequently yeah. they are both. Yeah. I, uh, I'm reminded I was playing through the DLC for um, Forspoken. And it, yeah. it, you play with oh, spoilers and the thing. You play with a char- another character. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, it does that kind of thing too, where like a lot of like initially she's like an autonomous and she kind of does her own thing. Um, but eventually you got like the the co-op button where you press the button and she immediately snaps into action and does the thing that you asked her to do, even though she's busy fighting someone else or getting hit or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I, I find that annoying. Um, but I did find it. I did find it satisfying again when like, you know, she would take out an enemy and then she would like say equip. Uh, it was great because I like the dialogue in that game a lot. Yeah. So it was just really great. Um, I, I just want. But yeah, I, I I agree that like you being able to control what the 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 AI uh player is supposed to be doing, um, is weird yeah. at the very least. This is something I have an issue with with like God of War. It does the same thing. Hmm. You can control your son by telling your son. It kind of makes sense in the context because you're, <laughs> you're commanding your son to do a thing. Um, Go there, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but uh, in uh, but it's still kind of weird. I, I think like yeah. it kind of works in context in that like when you don't have that button, when Atreus or whatever is out of commission. I don't know mm-hmm. what it, I, I I haven't played through the full game. Um, when he's out of commission, then you don't have that button, so you feel less powerful and you can feel the missing presence. Um, to some extent, you also you know you don't hear all the dialogue and stuff. You don't see your son doing stuff. Yeah. Um, so like you can feel that more because like your X button doesn't work or whatever button it is. Um, but it is weird that you can control, they will effectively stop whatever they're doing to help you out. Yeah. This is like a play test solution, right? Yeah. Like played through and then they're like, oh, players have a frustrating time with this. So this is a, the moment where developers, particularly AAA developers lose the courage of their convictions. Mm. They're like, okay, well, all right, then let's just make this simpler. Let's not, you know, frustrate the player. Yeah. Let's find a way around this. Like, I think. I would love if a game, a triple A game had me like escort a scientist mm-hmm. and then when it's time to unlock a door that they have a key for that they unlock it on their own time. Yeah. Like I, I think that's the kind of thing that like a, ga- a game developer is like that, that there's no, nothing's fun about that. It makes no sense. It would just frustrate the players. Like I, I will just put a prompt next to the door that you can press and then the scientist will come and unlock the the lab. And but I think that is like well then just give the player the key yeah you know um, and and that's I think an example of that where it's like it started to make sense but then they couldn't go all the way with it mm-hmm. because that would require them to solve problems they didn't have answers for yeah mm. so I don't know there's a lot of stuff involved with co- with companions yeah. that um, aren't solved questions um, but could be question we just yes question maybe an unsolved question an unsolved question no i'm not sure if it's a solved question i'm just okay. wondering so when we're talking about like the ways kind of listening between the lines of how we don't like companion characters behaving and then sometimes how we do like them mm-hmm. i'm thinking about like uh actually what comes to came to mind a bunch was like borderlands it doesn't happen in every single quest mm-hmm. but like some you know you'll be introduced to a wacky character and yeah. you'll interact with them and yeah. then at the end of the quest line with this character they help you out Generally, they help you blow things up. That's why I like those games so much. Yeah, um, especially Tina. Uh-huh. Uh But then, like you know, they have this thing that they needed your help with, and then they're gonna go help you do like the the last thing that needs doing in this in this particular quest line. And mm-hmm. so you're working with them, but they're often doing their own thing. Is that a companion or what? What it, is it that? It can be. Like I'm imagining a world where you. Because I guess I can only think of it in terms of enemies. Maybe like the companion can throw mud, com- pump, com- explosive mud on mm-hmm. <laughs> on uh, uh, enemies or something, and that's like part of their act, part of their uh, attacks is like they can you know they deal damage and stuff, but they also throw mud. And you and the player, you as the player, can like explode that mud and deal extra damage. So you can um, be opportunistic. With like your AI companion, and they'll do a thing, and you'll be like, "Oh, oh, I have the opportunity to blow up a bunch yeah, of stuff." I like and that then a lot. you can, do, yeah, yeah, and then you can do you uh, still have full control of what your actions are, but but you, the AI has its own agency. And you have to pay attention to that AI yes. to watch out for those opportunities. Yes, it's nice, right? Yeah, I think that's kind of cool. I mean, we do that kind of stuff with team games all the time. It's just that we don't. I, uh, it feels like we don't have enough faith in the AI companion to. Um, to give them that kind of agency to yeah. like make the, allow them to make the decisions on their it own. It shouldn't be that. that hard because I feel like, I, like if I play a team game, mm-hmm. I wouldn't characterize myself as that much smarter than an AI. Right. Yeah. So, so it shouldn't be that difficult mm-hmm. to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's. I think there's a lot of potential there. Yeah. Um. To to do things cool in a narrative sense, in a mechanical sense, mm-hmm. um, that we're kind of missing out on by um 
giving the players too much agency or not enough agency. Hmm. So, well, let's end this with a classic nice games club question. Yep. Which is, is think about this for your own games. Yeah. So like, or is, you know, is the sledgehammer going to talk in sledgehammer bride? <laughs> no, the sledgehammer was not supposed to have a voice. <laughs> okay. Well, That's just consider it. Okay. I'll think about it. <laughs> it should also, you know, it can have legs and walk around and hit people on, on its own. <laughs> That's a different game. <laughs> okay, that right. sounds like a fun game for me to make. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll add that on the Switch version. It'll be a little carb. You can use that yeah, with, yeah, your, yeah. with the other Joy-Con. Well, I mean, the, the, the problems with it are so it's memeable. It's right. like a lot. It's a people have been making fun of it for decades now. Yeah, but there's a reason game developers go back to it, right? Mm-hmm. It's something very attractive. So, yeah. is it something either of you thought about? Um, we have a character in Vengeance. Uh. Who Flipper? Um, he's got little drones, and we were trying to figure out. My brother loves like AI companions that just do their own thing, and you never interact with them at all. I do not understand it; makes no sense to me because yeah. it's just like there should be talking to his therapist about that. <laughs> he needs a therapist first. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyways, like, the, and so, uh, uh, and me and him would like fight about this, effectively fight about this. Yeah. Um, um, because like I like having companions that you can control yourself kind mm-hmm. of hmm. uh, well in this context it makes sense because like you're controlling like a, you're a squad leader in this context yes, exactly yeah. um and so uh i like that and so i designed uh flipper to be like that initially um but like in in testing people didn't mesh with that very well hmm. um, it didn't work out very great um and so like we kind of pared down a lot of the agency that the drones had until the drones kind of just like follow your ship um and they just shoot every once in a while and every once in a while you can make them shoot faster um, but uh, they don't do. I think that's how we ended up landing. It's been a while since I played Flipper <laughs> or Vengeance. Oh gosh, that's weird to say. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you you can you can increase the the damage that they would deal at the expense of like uh, their range. Yeah. But that was kind of it. And so like you had a little bit of interaction, a little bit of back and forth, but there wasn't a lot going on there. Um, I guess what I would like to do is I would like to have like an AI companion, like I was describing, where they like that companion would do things. That would allow you as the player to take advantage of certain situations to like increase your damage output mm. in fingers in particular that would work mm-hmm. um but i like that idea in general because like it, it gives you the it gives you uh you gotta yeah like like mark you were saying uh you have to pay attention to your companion you also need to um it gives the ai agency and gives them the ability to do things autonomously but still benefit you in a way that you're working together yeah 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 um so that's kind of how i had thought about doing it before but I don't know. Ellen, we didn't get a lot of like love hate from you for yeah. some of these examples, but it would be something you'd want to put in a game, maybe? I think so. I just I think I need to think about more about like what I like about it. I mean, the one yeah. thing I have I really want to think about more is just thinking back on Bioshock Infinite mm-hmm. um with the Elizabeth character. Oh yeah, that's a epic fail of that, I yeah. would say. Yeah. Like I feel like I need to go back and like really think about different specific applications of it. Mm-hmm. Of the conceit, because like we talked about some of the more recent um, examples that have really taken up a lot of space in like pop culture, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. like The Last of Us, for example. But like you said, Mark, it's it's not new. Um, so I'm trying to think of like, yeah, I don't know. I need to think about it some more. I actually, you know, I think the failure of Biosavic Infinite was really a matter of expectations. Mm-hmm. I think the ultimate Elizabeth becomes nothing more than a narrative conceit yeah. with some animation of the character walking around. Right. Right. Like they'll throw you ammo, but that's, that's the only physical 
reality of it. Yeah. You open up portals, but you it's just you deciding to do it. There's no yeah. where she is. It, it doesn't matter as much. And and that's actually fine. Like, I think that's OK to like have a take a very minimal approach and just be purely narrative. Mm hmm. Um, so I think the failure was not, I don't like that game, but mm -hmm. sure, yeah. I, I want to, I think I don't want to say that that's a, a mechanical failure. I think they found the right answer, which is just to not rely on it too much uh -huh. and to, and uh, I think what they promised pre-release was that would have been great, but that would have been harder to solve. So they just didn't do any of that. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think where they fell apart. It's just that impressions thing, which is a uniquely AAA problem. Mm -hmm. I think, I think the way I would handle something like this is if you have an AI companion with agency, yeah. that means you need to have less agency. Yes. And I think that that's something that very few game developers are interested in yeah. exploring. Right, yeah. And so I think what I would like is I would like a game, I'm just now designing on the fly. That's fine. But like, let's say a third-person action game, just yep. because that's how these things usually play out. Yeah. There are two or maybe three companions with me and I can do I can do very little. I can maybe just command them. Mm -hmm. um, or rather... Um, Give them information. Yeah. So they are fighting. They're opening doors. They are, you know, building ledges to climb over things. And all I'm doing is just getting the information from one character to the other, saying now when everyone's in place. Yeah. You know, stuff like that, that, that lets me, that gives me unique things to do. Uh, let me be the support character because yeah. I'm still the one playing the game. So yeah. I get to do have all right. the fun. Right. So like, I think, I think it requires maybe a little bit, you kind of have to push back the, you don't, you're not the one holding the chainsaw kind of thing. Um, <laughs> that that but, actually is a game I want to make now. Yeah. Is where you are the support character. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's some comedy involved in that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know for that sure. I would go that direction, but I would, I'd applaud anybody who took it that direction because that would make an easy, an easy sell. Is The irony is is really fun, I think. And people would, but they would see the mechanical interest by comparing it to the experiences yeah. they know. So that is probably a brilliant, that's a great pitch for a game. Mm. I don't know that's the way I'd go with it. But I think... But make the gameplay something other than you do a thing and then your your companion does some of those things and maybe one special thing you can't do, right. but you're still doing it because you're deciding when it happens. Yeah. Like, that's just weird. Yeah. Um, I think it'd feel a little bit like the Stanley Parable. Someone was, you completely flip the script and instead you have the NBC like at the door being like, you've got the key. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, wiggling the handle. Now, okay, if, as long as we're thinking of like flipping the script, yeah. I would love if you talk to it, if you're in like a, um, you know, what, like a, a town in an RPG mm -hmm. and someone keeps coming up to you and asking you questions <laughs> yeah. and you only have one reply. Oh my gosh. And you yeah. just have to keep giving that same reply. Yeah. Just apropos of nothing. That's that's called the adoring fan in uh, Oblivion. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what they would just keep coming up to you, go, "Oh, I love you" or whatever, and then you just be like, "Okay, thanks, bye." Yeah. <laughs> over and over. Again. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking more like someone that asks you a question and you're yeah. like, "I just told you the answer, but here it is again." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you have to deliver it with the same level of enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. I do like that a lot. That's pretty good. You're right. Okay, uh, so you are playing a secondary support. You're playing a support character, a companion, but like. You're not a companion. You gotta still act like a companion. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, back to my serious idea, <laughs> which is to like frame it less. At, I mean, you are still the only player of this game, right? So, like, as long as you know that right. as a designer, yeah, you don't have to pretend that the player is not that. Mm -hmm. Right. But then just you know, so but just take things out of the player's hands. Yeah. Like, is are, is the team gonna go left or right through this building? You've made that decision in a million games. Mm -hmm. We don't need to make it in this one. Yeah. Let's let's have everyone go. Maybe you can separate from your team, 
but that there will be consequences to that. Maybe yeah. that's an interesting thing that mm-hmm. you do. Yeah. Because you don't have the normal agency to choose how you get to the objective. Right. All right. That would be cool. Maybe yeah. the, the, and you can still be the leader of the squad or whatever. There's yeah. narratively is a hundred ways to do it, mm-hmm. but it would be very interesting. Like, okay, we've just come up, you know, against a, a nest of bad guys. Okay. And then you don't get to decide when the fight starts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like that would be super interesting. Mm-hmm. And you could, there'd be a lot of, I mean, it'd be difficult to put together because it's kind of new, yeah. but like all the tools we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, players, you you can, you can brief and you, you know what this character is going to do. And then you have to pay attention to them yeah. so that when they're ready to do it and you have to make some risk reward choices, You're like, okay, we could activate the trap now, but it's only going to get three people. But if we wait a little bit, but then we might, that one might lose health because they're in a vulnerable position Mm -hmm. and that one might get mad at me later and then (laughs) agree to do something in the next mission. Like, I don't know, now I'm thrilled about it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I like it. I like it. Yeah. There's a lot of options. We we just, I, there's a lot of potential and I wish we we can get to that. We just gotta, we gotta work towards it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's our show. For show notes and links on today's topics, go to our website, nicegames.club for a link about Glom, go to this one URL, nicegames.club slash Glom. We're going to find new and creative ways to tell you that. Yes. Until every one of you bought a copy. So yes. sorry about that. Um, or we get really tired of it. <laughs> or we get a lot of complaints. Nicegames.club slash feedback. <laughs> if you have thoughts on that, visit us on Twitter and Macedon at NiceGamesClub, where Dale tweets and toots about game dev resources and brand new engines that make games not buggy. That's hmm. not true. It's a lie. I will. Uh, yeah, I'll see when I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> We uh, we like hearing from you, so tweet and toot back or email us, contact at nicegames.club. Nice Games Club is on Patreon. Support the show and get stuff, including ad-free episodes. Sign up at patreon.com slash nicegamesclub. And if you want to keep things more casual, just stop by nicegames.club slash discord and say hello. Next week, we'll be doing a post-mortem on the game An Outcry with Quinn K. But that's it for this week. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. convince my D&D group to move away from Wednesdays so I can go to playtest and I can go to the monthly scene meeting and whatever but I can't win them all mm-hmm. um, certainly my schedule does not win out against the person who has twins so <laughs> <laughs> what's so special about Hero Bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at Hero.co